Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After having successfully bested the Griffins, Jessica and Bob confront the riddle on the entrance to the Firefall Valley ruins. After a little deliberation, they get the door open and, with a gory display, manage to ward off the approaching griffin. With teamwork and clever thinking, they manage to make their way through the myriad of traps and puzzles awaiting them in the ruins. The girls discover the location of the obsidian glass, along with the skeletons of both a dragon and a griffin. As they deliberate on how best to remove the obsidian glass, they are approached by a dragon. Or is it a Griffin? A Dragon-Griffin hybrid. Point is, they're in some serious danger, and your honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Anyways, it's coming at you with them talents, baby! Roll for initiative! Damn it. Uh. Okay. I got a 17. And Jessica got a 10. I might die here. I just might die here. Dragon's up first, baby! Release the dragon! Oh my gosh. First things first, the dragon is going to exhale a fiery blast in a 30-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw! Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got a 16. Mine was a 2. Woo! Okay, Barb, you see this coming and you roll out of the way. You actually roll into the the skeleton and take cover behind that outcropping of obsidian. Good thing you didn't cut it off. Uh, However, Jess, my friend, you are going to take 8 fire damage. Oh, no. As this dragon breathes upon you. (sighs) Or, dragon. Barbara, it is your turn. Oh, crud. <laughs> Jess, are you okay? No. Okay. And with that, <laughs> um, Barbara's gonna attack the dragon with her short sword. She's gonna attack twice, and she's kind of just gonna... Is this one bigger? This one looks young, actually. It's about the size of a griffin, but much smaller than the dragon skeleton lying on the ground before you. Imagine uh, somewhere between the size of Tony the Pony and probably closer to popcorn size. The size of a full-grown horse-ish. Roughly, yeah. Okay. Maybe a little smaller than that. Okay. Maybe, oh, maybe we don't have to kill it, you know? I don't, but I mean, Jess is on fire, so I really don't. You see Jessica kind of like patting at her clothes to put out the little fires, like, Stop, drop, and roll, Jess. Stop, drop, and roll, okay? And she does so. You just see, like, Jessica hit the deck and just kind of roll back and forth, like, Ah. And you're sliding ah. around very effectively in this glass room. Just woo, woo. There you go. Okay. Okay. I don't really want to attack it, but I feel like I might have to. 
Clear the cavern. All right, so I'm going to attack it twice with my short sword. Okay. Oh, that is a 19. That hits. Roll for damage. And okay, that's a 15. That hits. Roll for damage. Here we go. Okay, that's six. And that is an 11. So 17. Wow. Okay. Describe these hits for me. Well, Barbara bolts out of the sort of obsidian area covered bridge. It's dragon head skull stuff. Uh, as the dragon was burning Jess, Barbara's going to attack it from behind and try and do what she did similarly the other time and slash at uh, one of the wings on one side and then go for a cut into the neck of the dragon as well on that second attack. Okay, and you do so. You kind of hold the sword like facing behind you almost. As you run up behind the dragon, you slash at its wing, leaving one deep slash mark, and then drive it into, like, right above the collarbone, essentially, where the neck is. It kind of moves out of the way, but you leave another deep gash there, and it is looking really bad already. Okay, okay, and um, I, I have a question. I have action surge, which means I have an additional action on my toy. Holy shit, okay. Well, no, hey now. I wanted to, because I had just slashed at it, and you already said it's looking pretty bad, I wanted to try and just, like, push it down onto the ground and hold it there, if that makes any sense. Just like, hey, now, shh, like, calm down, calm it, cool it, cool it. Okay, roll a strength contest for me. Okay, I don't think it's going to go well, but... I will say it looks very strong. That's fair, but it's also not looking good, you said, so, you know, I gotta... Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, that's a natural 20! It rolled a 16, so what are you shooting for here, bub? I'm really just trying to calm it down and push it down to the ground, so it's kind of just like, I just don't want it to be moving or blowing steam at us or anything like that, you know what I mean? Just like, hey now, okay, cool it. Okay, I will allow you to do an animal handling check on your next turn, because Action Surge lets you take one full action, right? Yeah. I'm going to say that tackling it, like you were grappling it, essentially. So you run up to it, and you've slashed it, and then with... Your warforged shoulder, you just shoulder check it, and it rolls onto its back. It is prone now, and it is Jessica's turn. With it already looking pretty bad, and seeing that Barbara is trying to, like, kind of hold it down, Jessica's going to run over, and she's going to cast Sleep at the second level. All right, does it have less than 30 hit points? Yes. Nice. Baby dragon, griffin, sleep. Close your eyes, don't you weep. It's time for some shut eye. Don't you worry, you won't die. And uh, Jessica finishes the little song. As it snores with each exhale, you see a little bit of fire shoot out of its nostrils. So, uh, so Barbara, our clearing out the cavern doesn't necessarily mean killing, right? I mean, I'm not sure exactly the larger scope of everything that might be going on, but I feel like a, a creature like this could be a potentially useful moving forward. What if we brought it to, uh, to Hagatha as a gift in addition to, uh, the obsidian that we're going to be bringing her? What do you think? Well, you know, uh, the no killing, the, 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 you know, I thought of that too. So that's, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, well, I don't think we have to kill this dragon, Griffin, necessarily. I think you might be on the right track there, Jess. 
Maybe. Okay. Well, uh, shall we try to take this, some obsidian and ourselves, uh, and this, uh, this fine specimen here at one of these tunnels and see where it leads? Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's, let's do that. And you can kind of just see Barbara's kind of just like looking around and really like thinking over what she did. And she's kind of surprised at herself for not going ahead and killing the griffin, griffin, uh, right off the bat and how she stopped herself and just kind of let it, let, and uh, glad that Jessica put it to sleep. So you can see she's kind of, there are gears turning in her head. She just doesn't really know what the gears are trying to say if gears could talk. Yes. But she's on board with Jessica's plan. All right, so I guess we, we do that. Okay, which tunnel would you like to exit through? You said there's a lot, right? There are a lot, but you did just watch a creature come in through one of them. Yeah, but, well, I suppose that, what do you think of the one that uh, that uh, our fella here, or a lady, came through? That one there. What do you think? How many, quote-unquote, person-sized holes are there. Roll the investigation. That's a 12. You guys spot roughly four that might be people size. Okay. And the one that Griffin came out of, which one is that? It's one of the larger ones at about eye level. So of the four that you see that are people size, one of them is like behind you, like towards the ground. There's one that is like on the ceiling, basically, like not quite vertical, but very hard to reach. And then there's another one a little higher than eye level at a different point. Again, you guys are in like a spherical room, so they're all spread throughout. Yeah. So these are, they're like holes. They're like crawling, crawling holes. We can't necessarily like walk when we're in them. At most, you could crouch. Yeah. That's what I'm like. Okay. It's going to be kind of hard to push a drifting through. I'll tell you this. Should you find a tunnel that you can exit through, you can bring the dragon with you. It would just take you twice as long as you both kind of pull on the tail. I mean, I think we have the time. Sure. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, but let's, uh, let's go for it. Yeah. Let's go for it. I say we go, I guess, out of the one the dragon came through. Yeah. I mean, we at least know that, that it bleeds somewhere. Yeah. All right. Into a nest of dragons. Maybe. We'll see. We'll find out. No. No way. Okay, so how are you guys pulling it? I guess by the tail? I guess so. Or kind of, not even pulling it, but like maybe like pushing. You know, like it's going first and we're pushing as we go. Okay, so you guys managed to very slowly and very carefully get the dragon back stuffed into the hole. And then both of you, like, I don't know, like football players, like pushing a sled, you know, <laughs> training. Yeah. yeah. But crouch. You guys begin to crouch walk your way through the tunnels. The glass passageways rise and fall and twist and turn. But eventually, you feel the material beneath your feet turn from glass to stone. And then, you see light. You see the way outside. Grass! Trees! Dry dead trees, but still trees! Uh. And as you spill out from the passageway, you turn around to see a giant stone dwarf butt. Mm. With the passageway you just crawled out of sitting right betwixt its two very thick cheeks. That's good. Wow. Clever. We just, uh, surrounded by assholes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You've solved my dwarf puzzle. Thank God. Oh, my lanta. Jessica takes a look around and sees if she can see, like, the valley. As you take in the area around you, you realize that you've descended quite a bit in altitude. The dwarf butt sticks out from a steep hillside, and as your eyes trace it up, 
you see the sheer walls of Firefall Valley above you. Luckily, there seems to be a hiking trail off to the left leading you around the outside of said valley. Oh, I love a hike. Oh, yeah. Gotta get that exercise in. Shall we uh, carry on here? I suppose so, yeah. Great. Let's head for that trail. Oh, boy. All right, you do so, dragging a drifin with you. When you arrive, you see Tony and Popcorn are there. They have played so many games of tic-tac-toe. <laughs> Good God. The the dirt around you is just full of, like, little hoof prints uh, as they've been playing. Well, hey there, Popcorn. Hey, Tony. <laughs> how are you? How, it seems like you got quite a number of games in. Who Who was winning? They look at you and they squint, and both of them in unison begin uh, erasing the dirt around you so you can't look at their games. Okay, well, uh, Jessica goes over to Popcorn and starts looking through the saddlebags for some rope. Yeah, yeah, you got some rope. Jessica goes over and she hogties the uh, drag griffin, the the dragon. Dragon. (laughs) Okay, roll a sleight of hand for me, I guess. It's a nine. Okay, you got it tied up. All right. Okay, uh, can you help me uh, kind of hoist this fella up onto popcorn here? Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, Barbara was in the middle of looking for some more carrots for the horses to get them through the long ride. And she happens to find two more. So she's going to go ahead and give those to, to Tony and Popcorn before going over to Jess and getting that getting that dragon on the horse. Huh. If I'm not mistaken. What? Sleep only lasts a minute. You are mistaken. No, sleep does only last a minute. I didn't, I, I forgot that that is a thing. Oops. <laughs> Here's what I'll give you. Oh boy. The dragon was very tired after its combat. It is injured, it is weak. It has kind of willingly been sleeping and letting you drag it along. It is a baby after all. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to expend sleep every minute, you're gonna have to come up with a different way to get this to come along with you. Okay. Carrots. I got more carrots. Oh yeah. I mean, do you want to try try feeding it some carrots? Or oh, of it, it would seem more probably it's more of a I don't know meaty a meat eater. Sure. Carnivorous. Sure. But you know, you gotta you have a balanced diet, Jess. I don't know what you put into your body, but you gotta if you don't got a bit of everything, then what are you doing? Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I say go for it, girl. Okay, is the dragon awake? It is beginning to wake up from its nap. Okay, Barbara's gonna grab another carrot from from the porse, and she's gonna, hey, hey there, hey there, little, hey there, little dragon. Uh, you hungry? You hungry? You want some food? Roll an animal handling check for me. Oh no! Oh, that's a fourteen. <sighs> Hey, how you doing? It looks at you and it goes, Hunky. Oh wow, no way. It can it can do that. It Hunky. do it does that. That's you're telling me that's that's actually what happens. Hunky. Oh my gosh. Okay, well that's fair. okay. Putting the carrot in the mouth. Hunky. It chops on the carrot. <laughs> okay. It looks at Tony and goes, Hungry? Oh no 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 no. Tony's a friend. Not food. It gets real close to Tony. Okay, well, it's also tied up, and it's, 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 um... Hungry! Okay, all right. I'm going to go ahead and take the carrot that Tony uh, was given, and I'm going to give it to the dragon. Hungry! Don't you... Stop. Hey, we can't be greedy now, okay? 
Come on. Okay. Don't take that tome with me now, Gragon. It begins to flap its wings and goes to fly away and then comes crashing back down to the ground as its wing has been severely injured. Yes, it has. <laughs> Jessica goes over and like strokes like the its its head and neck. It's okay, little fella. We're going to get you some more food. Don't you worry. We'll get you some hungies. Hungy? We'll get you some hungy soon. Hungy? You just have to come along with us. Is that okay? Hungy? It seems to be looking at you very attentively. Hungy? And Jessica is going to attempt to cast Suggestion. Mm. You suggest a course of activity limited to a sentence or two and magically influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this effect. The suggestion must be worded in such a manner as to make the course of action sound reasonable. Asking the creature to stab itself, throw itself onto a spear, immolate itself, or do some other obviously harmful act ends the spell. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it pursues... It pursues pursues the course of action I described to the best of its ability. The suggested course of action can continue for the entire duration, which is eight hours. It rolled a nine. (laughs) Perfect, because the wisdom saving throw is a 13. Nice. Great. That uses the last second level spell slot. So Jessica, as she's been stroking, her hand has started to glow in like this purple light. And the purple light is kind of like seeping into its nervous system as Jessica speaks the command that she would like it to do, which is, come with us to Malowin Shores, to the lighthouse. Hungry! And he starts jumping around. Like, you ever seen like when a fox jumps up and then comes down on its two front legs first? Uh Uh-huh. It just starts doing that like over and over again. And it's just going, All right, we've got eight hours. Let's go. Okay. And with that, Barbara's going to get on Tony the Pony. Okay. And I'll get on Wade. I mean, not Wade the Horse. R.I.P. Oh. Uh, I'll get on Popcorn. Damn. And uh, we'll start heading back to Mallow and Shores. Okay. I will remind you, this is roughly a day's walk from here. So, what I will allow you to do is, as you are walking... Look for food. (laughs) You you can look for food. I will essentially allow you to make an animal handling check every hour. You have eight hours of it just following you. If you can succeed on four or more, it will essentially be tamed. But you need to describe to me what the animal handling action each hour is. Okay. So... Who's trying to tame it? Someone has to be the tamer. I mean, I think it's Jessica. Go for it. All right, Jess. How are you trying to bond with this dragon for the first hour of the trip? With uh, Barbara, as you're riding Tony, he is just perspiring left and right, constantly looking back at the dragon behind him. That's just shouting, Honky! Honky! As it runs. You're going to be fine, Tony. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. So Jessica casts Prestidigitation to create a little uh, rubber ball in her hand. And she goes, uh, oh, Mr. Mr. Gragon, Mr. Gragon, see the ball? Hungry. See the ball? Go fetch. And she throws the ball. Okay. Roll an animal handling check for me. Come on, come on, come on. It's a 14. It does not seem interested. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Hungry. Oh boy, okay. All right, second hour. <laughs> I really want this dragon to be a part of the team. <laughs> uh, what else do I got? What else do I got? Um, so another hour passes and Jessica has been like on red alert, looking for anything at all as she's been traveling along the road. And she passes 
a deer that looks like it had been hit by a carriage. <laughs> and she dismounts quickly, pulls out a small knife that she has on her, and carves out a piece of venison from the deer. And it's at this point, it's been almost an hour. She gets back on popcorn. She's like, hey, Dragon, hungry. dragon, and she dangles the piece of venison up. Hungry. She gives it like a slight, like kind of toss, more like up into the air, so it has to kind of like go up on its hind legs and like kind of like reach up with its beak to snatch it out of the air. Yeah, rolling on one handling check for me. <sighs> come on, come on, come on! It's a sixteen. It snaps up and it eats it. And it... It begins like jumping around in a circle, like very happy. Great. Seeing that, Jessica actually quickly hops off, cuts off a couple more pieces of venison from the deer and wraps them up in the handkerchief that she has and puts them in her purse Mm -hmm. as she continues on the road for the next hour. Marvelous. At which point she unwraps the handkerchief, takes out a piece of venison and goes, oh, Mr. Gragon. Mr. Gragon, look here. Look here. (gasps) I know you liked it so much the last time. Are you ready? Now, now, okay, now. Now, sit, sit. It jumps. (laughs) As it jumps, Jessica tosses the piece of venison up in the air as the dragon snaps up and tries to grab it from her hand. Give me a roll. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Fuck, fuck, fuck me. Five. (laughs) You throw it up and it lands in the dirt and it picks it up and just... It eats half of it and then seems to grow bored of it and tosses it aside and goes, Huggy! Oh, no, no, I really want this dragon. Jessica kind of sighs and uh, continues on for another hour. She's kind of getting sore on the saddle and she uh, says, let's just pull up over here and uh, give me a second to kind of take a break. Uh, the saddle is just killing me. I don't know about you. Oh, Barbara wakes up. She's been asleep the whole time. So she finally wakes up and she's like, oh my God, what'd you, what happened? What'd you say, Jess? Sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just, oh my gosh, Barbara. I did not mean to disturb your sleep. You just go ahead and you keep napping, girlfriend. Don't you worry. I just needed to take a break of the saddle. My, uh, ooh, the legs need a bit of a break, you know? Oh, I know. My butt fell asleep along with me way hours ago. So it's, I'm going to get up. Barbara's going to get up off of her. Low horse. <laughs> so Jessica takes out another piece of venison, and I envision they're like kind of like longer strips of venison. Mm-hmm. And she takes it and she puts it behind her back, and she goes up to the dragon and she goes, "Okay, Mister Dragon." And then she like points at her eyes, mm-hmm. and then points at the dragon. Mm-hmm. Watch me, okay? Honey. And then she like sits down on the ground and keeps eye contact with the dragon. And she's gonna see if he'll sit. Hungry. Roll an animal handling check. Come on, please, please, please. No! <laughs> it's an eight. He snatches up a rabbit from the forest. Oh my! Okay. Oh! And then um, Jessica like takes out the, the piece of venison and goes, come on, Mr. Dragon. And she holds out her open palm and has her other hand kind of like gestured it for it to come to her. He's not interested in any more venison. Oh, Jess, look over here. Look over here. And Barbara has found a, a berry bush, a beautiful berry bush, a supple berry bush. It's like, I, w- I want to try something real quick. Okay. Barbara's going to pick out like three berries, okay? 
and she's gonna go up to Greg and be like, "Hey, hey, Gregan, hey, hey, Gregan, baby, look at this, look at this." And she's gonna she's gonna show one hand full of berries, one hand empty. Okay, you looking? Are you looking at my hands, Gregan? Are you looking at them? Hungry. Okay, okay. And now I'm gonna. Barbara closes her hands, puts them behind her back, and starts to switch the hands that the berries are in. Okay. And now she's gonna put the hands back out front, and she's gonna look at the Greg and say, "Okay, now pick a hand." Rolling animal handling check. Barbara helping you out here is it's counting as a help action and this is like your advantage, but Barbara's rolling it for you because she's doing it. That's a sixteen. Uh it taps your right hand. Well hey, guess what? I picked out a couple berries, so I made sure there were berries in both hands. So I open it up and there are berries and I give it over to the girl. Okay. Good okay. job. Look at you. Good choice. And as it's speeding, I give it a nice good pet. And like, oh, you did so good, Greg, and you did great, didn't you? Okay. It rolls over on its back. Oh, there you go. And I start to scratch its belly and, like, give it a good belly rub. Oh, look at that. We love to see it. Barbara, you're great with the animals. What's your animal handling uh, bonus there? Uh, it's really, it's really just, I just, I'm, I'm lucky with the rolling. It's really just the plus two, so. Okay, yeah, it's better than, oh, I don't know, a plus one. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, I also, you know, I got the cats at home. You know, I've always felt a little more connected when it came to sort of animals. You know, I, listen, Haggy, if I could tell you, Haggy is, Haggy loves the cats, but it took him a second to really get accustomed to her. So, don't feel bad, okay? We all... We all got different things with different people and different creatures. But I really do think this Gragon is, is taking a liking to you. I think you're doing a great job, Jess. I really do. You're going out of your way. Thanks. You're doing. You're, you're a good mother. I, I try to be. You know, uh, Frank and I, we never we never had kids. We we didn't want them at the time. But, you know, mm-hmm. a pet would have been nice. We never, we never ended up doing that. I just never seemed to have time to do that kind of thing, you know? Oh, sure. Listen, of course. With Haggy always out on the road, you know, it was easy for me to stay home with the, with the animals because why are you going to get an animal if there's no one going to be home to even, like, play with them, feed them? You know what I mean? They got to be out. They got to be able to run free. Cats, cats at least are very independent, you know? So if you ever want I, you know what? And Barbara, like, takes a step back and she, like, looks Jess up and down. She's like, you look very much like you could have a cat. You look like a cat person, I think, especially with you being out in the field all the time. Oh, Jess, we gotta we gotta stop and get you a cat at one of these at one point, you know. I mean I mean we're gonna start with a dragon, which is pretty up there, but a cat? I think you and a cat would get along just fine. Mm-hmm. Oh I I thank you, Barbara. And you know, I think we I that would be actually quite nice. I I'd love to have a cat too, but uh maybe maybe we might wanna get the Gragon a bit better trained before we bring another a smaller animal into the mix because you never know how that's going to work out. <gasps> Could you imagine waking up one day and you're like, where's my cat? Where's my cat? Gragon ate it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what a shame that would be. No, that would be absolutely terrible. But a great story for other people. You know, I think, I think, it, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know exactly what you're seeing. And you know, oh. I just got to say, it is absolutely so charming for the fact that you and uh, Hagatha have this like beautiful little relationship. I hope you're, you know, I hope you're treasuring every moment because uh, sometimes things come to an unexpected end. And I mean, that's how how it was with Frank. It was everything was just wonderful, and then suddenly it's taken away. You know. Oh, Jess. I just hope that I don't know. Sometimes I I feel like. Oh, 
I make all these choices to... I know it sounds ridiculous, but... <sighs> I just want him back so bad. Oh my gosh, Jess, that doesn't sound ridiculous at all. Of course you want him back. Of course you do. That's completely natural. There's nothing ridiculous about it. And you know what? I think it's beautiful that even after all this time, you still do. You know? I think it just, it goes to show just how strong of a relationship you two had. Thanks, Barbara. That, that means a lot. Oh, of course. And hey, let me tell you, not every relationship is perfect. Me and Haggie, it's a, it's an interesting one to say the least, okay? I can imagine. Oh yeah, we can get more into that at some other point, maybe, oh, but listen. Oh my goodness, look at us chatting away the day. Oh, we better get back on the road, girlfriend. I was just about to say, we can walk and ride, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, talk and ride. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> ride and talk. Ride and talk. Uh, well, that would just be absolutely terrific. There. So cheer up, sport. This, this, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. Wake up, sheep! Wake up! You, wake up! Get out of bed! Stop falling victim to conformity and a casualty of society. Oh, I'm still. Half asleep. <laughs> Get oh, it? honey. <laughs> I need some coffee. Oh, well, look who's up bright and early. You listening to that Drimbus again? Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard it's really good this season. I wonder what's going on with that Gary guy. Oh, sweetheart, you're barely awake. Those girls just can't do it like the goblins can. Um, but here. I got a little something for you. Some fresh brewed Geek Grind coffee. It's delicious and affordable when you use code DRIMBUS to get 20% off your order of coffee, tea, mugs, K-cups, or even a renewing subscription so you're never half awake ever again. <laughs> oh, hold up. I gotta pop on my soaps. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Right here, we have our Dwarven Don Deep Mountain Blend. It's a medium dark roast coffee provided to us by Geek Grind Coffee, y'all. And it is absolutely delicious. Isn't that right, Barbara? Oh, it is. It has notes of caramel, dark chocolate, and hazelnut. It's Oh, it's to die for. I cannot start my mornings without it, you know. I just have to, if you are looking to go into the mountains and digging for gold, this is the coffee for you. That is the coffee. That is the coffee. And they come in K-cups or just your bean, you know, if you like to do it yourself. And you know what I love about Geek Grind? Oh, what do you love about Geek Grind, dear? What I love is that they are all sourced from women-owned farms. Oh, well, isn't that just amazing? It is, it is just amazing. Like, power to us, let me tell you. I mean, we're not the ones doing the picking, but power to them, you know what I mean? It's just, it is 100% super premium Colombian coffee. Oh my goodness. Hand-picked coffee, may I, may I add, in the high mountains. Like, 
Are you kidding me? And they have given us a very special deal. You know, if you use code DRIMBUS at checkout, you can get 20% off your gosh darn order. Thank goodness, because let me tell you something. I'm about to do some damage, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the wallet is going to be hurting, dear. And you can just go to geekgrindcoffee.com slash DRIMBUS. Once again, that's geekgrindcoffee.com slash DRIMBUS. And coming up next here, we have Dorian Gray's Alabaster Skin Cream. You know, if you want to stay youthful forever. My gosh, these commercials just get longer and longer every week. You know, you know what I wish lasted longer, though? This delicious Geek Grind Coffee. I'll have to head over to geekgrindcoffee.com slash Drimbus and use code Drimbus to get 20% off our next order. Oh, and it helps support that little show you like. <laughs> uh, now go study up, honey. I'm going to quiz you on uh, Drimbus lore later. Psych pop quiz right now. Who are the most important people on the planet? The Dungeons and Drimbus patrons, of course. Legend says if you don't thank them, a pea fairy will come steal all your pee forever. So thank you, Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD, NB Stars, TVB Keys, Doubtful Guests, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, and Fina Moonstrider. All right, now go. Get back into the action. All right, Mr. Greg, and come on now. Hungry. And we'll ride for another hour. As they were riding along, Jessica's like, you know, it'll be probably be time like in another hour or so for uh, for another little snack. Did you still have some of those berries on you? Because I know you had two handfuls. Oh, yeah. Can I have them? Do you mind? Of course, of course. And Barbara's going to pass them over to Jess. And as I'm riding along, I grind up the berries in my hand and I create kind of like this rub on the venison. Wow. And I like wrap it up in the handkerchief. And then once the hour has passed, I unwrap and the berry juice has kind of been able to like sink into the meat to give it like this nice kind of like sweet flavor to go and complement the venison. And I pull it out and go, oh, Mr. Gragon, I have a real treat for you. Hungry. And I come over to it and I start to tickle it under its chin. Hungry. And I start to feed it the venison berry mixture. Roll an animal handling check for me. Please, please, please. Oh, it's a 10. They really enjoy the scratches, but then when you pull out the venison, it kind of like poo-poos it and just kind of backs off. Oh, hey, Jess, maybe maybe they're just not hungry right now. Save it for later. Save it for later. Hungry! I think I think really the only word it might know right now is hungry. So just save 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 it for later. Next stop, we'll try again, okay? Okay. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. I'm trying not to, you know. It, it just seemed like there were only so many chances, you know? I know. I know. Don't worry. We're going to... We've got maybe two more, three more. I don't even... Can't keep count. Three. And how many of those did I have to succeed on? Two. <laughs> oh, no. You've succeeded on two, haven't you? I had to succeed on two more, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, you got three more chances. Yeah, sure do. And uh, Jessica is like, as she's riding along, she is racking her brain trying to think of something to do with this baby dragon. 
And as they're riding along, Jessica sees a farm that has like these like big melons. Mm -hmm. She quickly kind of like hops off, plucks a melon off. Jessica hops back up on popcorn and she takes her dagger out and she starts making holes in the melon. And she gets enough out where she can kind of like scoop out a bit of the melon and she's discarding it as she's going. And she puts the berry venison inside. (laughs) And I take like, because I've got like the venison like kind of scent I rub it around the melon to like put the scent on it and at that point about an hour has passed and I go oh Gregan hungry come on now I put it in front of its snout first hungry well snout beak to kind of let it get its scent hungry and then I roll it ahead of us for it to chase roll an animal handling check I hope this works please 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 oh a 19 thank god the Gragon lunges for the ball and it like takes it in his beak but it slides out and it's just going all over the place. It's just playing with it. It starts hitting it with its talons. It starts biting at it and then finally it breaks through the melon, eats the fruit up and then takes the berry covered venison, tosses it up in the air, flies up one good pump of the wings and takes it all in one bite. There you go, Jesse. I told you, you just needed to wait. <sighs> These next two rolls are going to be real dramatic. I know. Don't get discouraged, remember. Oh, thank Barbara. I just have to say, it is so refreshing to be with someone that is giving me so much support, you know? Because, I mean, listen, Gary, he could be supportive at times, but... Gosh, when you're with someone that is so gosh darn negative like Tamis, oh. I'm telling you... It is just poo-pooing on everyone's parade and everything that they're trying to do. He probably would have killed the poor thing even before we had a chance to, I don't know, said I was stupid. It, it was just, it's just really nice to have the support from you. And, you know, I've made the gosh dang right decision, didn't I? I sure think so. Listen, I know. I I, I got a load of Thomas uh, quite a bit when I was following you along back at the back at the lighthouse. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I then know what you're saying. Gary seems like a bit of a Gary seems like a bit of a sweetheart if you got him on the right day. But Thomas, good lord, good grief! You know that was a that was a handle. That was a that was some animal handling right there that you had to do. That's what I'll say. Oh my gosh. You're so bad and I kinda of smack her as we're riding along. Oh my gosh. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm telling you what I saw. But listen, I know it's very hard to be all around that negativity and it's like we're trying to work together here, right? So what are we what are we doing? What are we doing trying to pit each other against each other when we should be working hard and, and we have the same well, I guess you you all did have maybe some sort of different goals, but... I suppose so, yeah. But still, you know, you could at least have a good time as you're doing it. You know what I mean? He, it just seemed like he was just down in it. Down in it the whole time, no matter what you wanted to do. Huh? Ridiculous. Even sometimes in there, I was like, is Jess really even on our side? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But no, every time, you know, you came back right towards us, it was but definitely some close calls there. But all that being said, all that being said... I understand, and I hear you, and I'm glad we're able to have a more, a little light and more refreshing time between just us scales. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. And as we're riding along, Jessica sees, in one of the woods, she sees a, uh, what does she see? A small pond. She sees Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg from earlier, still running. <laughs> 
and Barbara jumps off a horse and starts to attack them. Fresh meat. Genuinely? Yes. And what do they say? Oh, we. Oh, we. And Barbara's just hacking at him. Like, you keep singing. You keep singing there, Justin. Roll an attack. Okay. That is a 16. And roll a second attack. Okay. Yeah, what are their, what are their ACs? What's Andy's? That's a 19. Okay. First, you hack off Justin Timberlake's head. He goes, ooh. <laughs> well, he won't oh be bringing gosh. sexy back anytime soon. That's for sure. Oh, you're so bad. A- Andy Sandberg says, you threw it to the ground as you chop his head off too. <laughs> well, something's hitting the ground, that's for sure. Gang. Oh my gosh. All right, well first I'm gonna search the bodies. You find a police badge for the 99th precinct. <laughs> and uh, on Justin Timberlake's body, you find the piece of the top that he ripped off of Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. These are gems. Do you know how much people would take? Oh my gosh, Put putting in my purse. Barbara puts it all in the press. Like, Jess, we're going to be millionaires. You hear me? All right. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. I, I should know. These are canon. That's what you find on them. You have no idea what they are. They're ancient relics. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Be like, Jess, these look very important. I'm going to keep them just in case. You never know. You never know what could be valuable nowadays. All right. Add it to your inventory. Okay. <laughs> Jessica takes the two heads and she goes, okay, Dragon, come on now. Okay. And she tosses them both up into the air. Roll an animal handling check for me. Come on. Come on. Do I have advantage because of the... Sure. They're, they're Justin Timberlake's and Andy Sandberg's head. Those are... The, come on. All right. One was a 14 and one was an 8. So I'll take the 14. <sighs> come on. The heads fly up into the air. The camera's like in the air and you see like the heads turn up. And somehow they're still kind of blinking a little bit. And they go, it's not gay if it's in a three-way. Oh my gosh. And the dragon flies up to take a chomp at them. And it hears a song and becomes very disinterested and flies away. No! Yeah, no, you should have picked a better song. We got one more shot. As you guys ride away, you guys are like riding forward and the heads are just on the ground behind you. Yeah. They're just having a great time. We love an immortal head. If doing this is wrong, I don't want to be right. As they roll uh, off into the forest. Was it Akon or T-Pain who did I'm on a boat? Uh, T-Pain. Okay. T-Pain will be out there somewhere. T-Pain, I love you. They're immortal beings. All right. Uh, As Jessica's riding along, she spots a rabbit, and she quickly casts a firebolt at it to cook it alive. Oh, my. There's a 17 to hit the rabbit for seven fire damage. The flame, like enraptures it and when the flame is gone it's no longer a rabbit it it looks like a the rabbit equivalent of like a cooked chicken on like a table <laughs> and jessica crouches down as she's passing by and picks up the rabbit and she like sticks it on the uh end of her dagger mm-hmm. and she's kind of like jauntily riding along with it on the dagger and kind of teasing Gragon, like okay Gragon, i know you liked the rabbit last time just keep sniffing. Just keep sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. What do we do with sniff, sniff? Come on, Kragen. And uh, as, like, Kragen gets closer, she's, like, scratching it under the chin again, giving it pets, and, like, you have been such a trooper coming along with us today. I am just, you know, I've I've become really attached, and it would be a really, a real, it would be a real shame if you, if you left us this, this far along. And I think it's, it's in everyone's best interest if you stick around, okay? Hunky! And uh, with that, Jessica will kind of like 
flick her wrist to like slide the rabbit corpse off the dagger suddenly and it gets shot up into the air. As I roll one last animal handling check. Come on, Jess, come on. <gasps> it's a 16. Ah! Ah! I think that passed once before. Oh God. The dragon leaps up into the air and goes, as it shoots flame up at the rabbit, crisping it up, making it extra crispy, and bites it, uh, and, and swallows it whole. And it begins dancing around the horses going, Okay, okay! Oh my gosh, look at you, look at you, Jeff. So proud of you. You've come so far. Okay, it's gonna be okay. And Barbara's like gently, gently patting Jess on the back, giving her some back rubs. Okay, it's good. Yeah, you did good. You did good, Jess. You did so good. And Jessica has not cried in a really long time. Oh no. And this is like, she is like releasing all the pent up emotion that she has had for like days. Oh boy. She finally kind of gets the sobbing under control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like as she's riding along, the tears just don't stop and she's just it's they're just rolling like a goddamn waterfall down her face. Yeah. And her eyes are kind of getting red and puffy as they're carrying on to Malowin shores. Yeah, been there. Been there. <laughs> Well, good news is you have the rest of the day's ride to uh, recover. As you can now, right as your spell wore off, you can now trust that Gragon will stay by your side. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> At a certain point, Jessica pulls out her compact. She's cried so much that, like, there's no tears left to cry. <laughs> and then she kind of composes herself, looks in the mirror. She can't use the handkerchief because it's been covered in raw venison. So she's kind of just like taken a bit of her skirt and like reached up and kind of wiped her face with it a bit mm -hmm. as she kind of carries on and takes a deep breath and stares forward and then kind of like looks at Greg and every once in a while smiling like, Hungry. Hi. Hungry. Soon, my precious. Don't you worry. And we might stop every once in a while as uh, Jessica sees like some wildlife to like help Greg and feed as it goes. And you do so. So the trip takes a little longer than the way there, but not by much. By the time you get there, you are beat up. You are tired. You are low on health. Oh. But you arrive at Mallow and Shores and you go to hitch up outside the lighthouse. Oh, thank God. Okay. But as you do so, you see a strange new fixture by the boardwalk. Huh? Jessica, it takes you a moment before you realize what it is. A pike with Ostrogon's head atop it. <gasps> Jessica takes it in like, oh my god, oh boy. Um, wow, that's uh, quite the piece of decor there. Oh, don't you just love it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it really adds a nice touch to the whole, you know, what we're kind of going for here. <laughs> Are there other spikes around, or is it just kind of the lone spike? Not that you can see. Okay. Don't worry. There will be more. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> Here's hoping. And with that, Barbara's going to hitch her off of Tony, and she's going to kind of, like, <clears throat> tie his rope outside of the house and give him another last carrot um, just for that long, long ride. Probably bring him some water later or something. But she's going to start making her way 
towards the lighthouse. Yeah, as soon as you guys get off, both Tony and Popcorn like lay down next to each other. Nice. Like with their heads atop each other on the ground and just kind of pass out. Oh, good for you two. Rest up. You've done good, both of you. All of you. You've all done so well, Jess. I would consider this a success, but we're going to have to wait and see what Haggy thinks, huh? She's the real, <laughs> she's the real boss here. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, for sure. It'll be very exciting to see what she has to say on our journey here. Oh, yeah. As we enter the lighthouse, I'll open the door and go, Oh, Barbara, please, after you, dear. Oh, why, thank you, Jess. And Barbara's going to go ahead. And as I enter and start to close the door, I do a quick cast of prestidigitation. Hunky. And I instantaneously clean up the head of Ostrogon to make it look not too gross and awful. And then I pull out the last bit of venison that I had as I beckon Gragon inside and shut the door behind us. Hunky. He starts jumping around inside that little lobby area. Now, now you need to sit, okay? Sit with me. And I sit down. He blasts a flame inside, and it immediately scorches the generic, like, TJ Maxx mom house sign that reads, Never Kill a Seabird. (gasps) Not my seabird sign. I'm so sorry. I I thought it was best to present him to, uh... To, to... And I toss the venison to him so he can eat it. Uh, to Haggy. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm sure Haggy would love to... To see him. Um, just no more burning signs, okay, Gragon? You hear me? Hungry! I go over to him and I go, okay, Gragon, look at me. Look at me. Hungry! You need to promise that you're going to behave, okay? Otherwise, we're going to have to set you to sleep for a minute or... Well, he's only going to be asleep for a minute. Never mind. That's not going to be... <laughs> he actually uh, decides to go to sleep right now and falls asleep on the floor. Oh, oh well, that, that worked out nicely. Okay. Uh, oh, Haggy, we're home. Hello, ladies. You hear the click of heels as Hagatha descends the stairs from the upper levels of the lighthouse. And she sees the dragon sleeping on his throne and goes, Oh, good lord, what's this? Well, uh, you said to clear out the cavern, but we weren't quite sure exactly uh, in which way. So uh, we decided to bring you an additional gift on top of... Uh, some obsidian that we brought for you. I can't quite say I was expecting this. Marvelous. Shall we speak downstairs? Absolutely, by now. Of course. Yeah. I'll speak wherever you want. Is that going to be okay? Um. On its own? You know, that's a great question. It, it, he's, it, it's a work in progress in terms of the training, for sure. Uh, sorry about the sign. I will, of course, replace... Oh, not the seabird sign. I know. I'm so sorry. I promise to... I, I will I will work that off. You can come out of my pay. <laughs> but uh, he should... He seemed... It was a long journey. I'm sure he's going to sleep through uh, uh, the night or so. All right. Well, come downstairs. I've I've just put a fresh pot of tea on. Oh, wait, thank you. And Jessica goes ahead and heads on down the stairs. Okay. Hagatha goes down with you. She pours out three cups of tea and kind of offers you all seats around Barbara's desk. I take a seat and take a cup of tea. Oh, thank you, my goodness. Of course. You know, after a long journey, there's nothing like a nice cup of tea. 
Oh, agreed. Barbara's going to take a seat, take some tea. Thank you, Haggy. It was the longest journey, but what a rush. What a thrill. Oh, I can imagine. I can't wait to hear all about it. First, let me see. And uh, at this point, she's inspecting the, uh, the glass that you've brought her. Beautifully done, ladies. I apologize for throwing you in there so haphazardly, but if we were going to do this, I have to know you're resilient. Ah. Miss Felcher. I've trained you in the arcane arts, and every day your power grows. Barbara, I've given you my keen eye for detail and analysis. And now I know you have the practical sense to properly apply the raw talent. I know I can trust you. That said, it's high time I give you a little more information. You've both no doubt gathered I have a number of people working for me, but... It's not just me. All the work I do is in conjunction with a collection of like-minded individuals with a desire to shape our world into something bolder and better. We call ourselves the LLC. (laughs) The Lords of Law and Correction. And the Limited Liability Corporation. Almeresia has spent two centuries enduring this courtroom experiment. A pipe dream of a decentralized system. No kings or queens, just courts run by the people for the people as the people see fit. To have justice prevail for man, mer, and monster. (laughs) The trouble is, man, mer, monsters. We all like to imagine justice as our natural state as correct but it's not at the end of the day we're all beasts look at the true natural state of things look at that creature you brought one creature devours another natural order dictates that the strong lead with the courts the sheep are leading each other in aimless circles it's anarchy however Take the power away from the little man who knows not what to do with it and give it to great women like us. Those with the will, perseverance and vision to make something great and, well, everything just works. And that's what the LLC strives to do, what I want you to do with me. Be a part of the next chapter of this great continent, and we can lead it to glory. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely incredible. I, you know, even in my short time with you, and over the past, like, couple of weeks here in my journeys with the you-know-who, kind of referencing to the boys as she's talking, I've noticed that, like, every gosh darn court system has its own thing going on, and it, it just... There needs to be just some sort of... Order. Exactly. Oh, I couldn't put it better. Thanks to your help, we've been able to get our grips on nearly every court in Almericia, in some way, shape, or form. Surely you're familiar with the continent's regions. And with a flick of her wrist, Hagatha conjures up a floating, almost holographic model of Almericia. Then... The continent splits into five parts, right at the center, leaving Mount Heartland floating on its own. Each plate contains what are roughly accepted by the public as one of the great regions of the land. 
There's a vast and varied northwest coast, commonly referred to as the Fingers, <laughs> for the five peninsulas that jut out of it. Split along the Pasiphae River are the sandy southwestern plains known as Solstice. To the southeast is all of Orgea, eastern and western, in its green glory. And above that, running along the coast containing Opula, Brookhaven, and beyond, is the Opal Coast. And finally, the vast swath of icy tundra spanning the entire northern edge of Ulmerisia, commonly referred to as the Sunder. There are plenty of agents for each region, some more than others. But the LLC has assigned a single lord to take charge of each. I, myself, am Lord of the Fingers. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Stop so sorry it. that just came. I'm sorry, continue, sorry. She dips her fingers in tea and, like, splashes you with it. She flicks some tea at you. Oh, my gosh, sorry. I'm, I, oh, never, sorry, just a lot of emotions. Please continue, Haggy, continue. I can't share much beyond that at this point in time. But rest assured, our plans are coming along brilliantly. We're certainly not done, especially not on the East Coast, but we're entrenched enough that we can begin to take our next steps. Our agents are in place. We have judges, attorneys, reclaimers, you name it. Now, we must use the systems we've built. Miss Felcher. Yes? Your task is to travel. Work for the courts. You may rule in serenity, prosecute, defend, whatever you see fit. But, little by little, we must sow a lack of faith in the courts. The everyday man already suffers the injustices of the court, but they're willing to do that suffering because of the social contract. They believe the liberties they give up are in the name of justice. Show them it's not. And when you strip them of that hope, well, then we'll be able to tear down their courts and build something new. A clearer hierarchy of power. Barbara, your job will be to do what you do best. Establish order. You are to monitor Miss Felcher. Optimize each decision and make sure we have no more mistakes. We can't afford them now. Understood. Any questions? No, I have no questions, and I I understand as well. <laughs> well then, as far as the boys, shall we say, mm. I have a little something I'm sending their way. <laughs> Should you come up with anything, I'm open to discussion. That's it. Are you still interested? Yes, I am. I'm very much interested in... Ugh, establishing order. And I think this is... This is going to create something better. I think you're right, for sure. Barbara. Oh, Haggy. Like it was even a question. Of course, I'm all in. Then, ladies... And she pulls out a big bottle of champagne. Welcome to the LLC. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Michael Pisani as Jessica Felcher and Amanda Fernandez Acosta as Barbara. 
The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, a lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. (laughs) 